Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Here's the microphone. I forgot. Um, I have to say this before we do our pre show. If you ever have to depend on weather.com or local weather reports mm-hmm. or the, the weather channel for the weather, you're rolling the dice because I looked at the weather on Monday for today and it said, you know, 40 degrees. Yep, that's what it said here. 40 degrees with about a 6% chance of precipitation. So six, it's six out of 100. And I woke up this morning, and there was three inches of snow on my car. Wow. So yeah, we, we don't have any real accumulation, but it is snowing here. I think it stopped already. Yeah, and um, nothing seems to piss off the people at our local uh, car wash place. I have, I, I'm not sure if Delta Sonic is a nationwide or if it's just a local. I don't think so, but we have one that does the same thing if you want to have like a monthly you right, we right. You have unlimited washes for for the month, right. and they seem to be get really pissed off when people take advantage of the um, of that scenario to uh, to get the snow off of their car. And that's what I do. If I'm if I can get free washes every day, I mean, you know, I, like I have snow piled on my car, and I I don't want it on there, so I go and get washed and they have to blast all the snow off with the hose because if you don't do that then all the snow is going to get clogged up in the uh yeah in, in so they they have to basically hose your car down with warm water and it's better than me having to brush it off in a snowstorm so that's what i do yeah i mean if you're going to be open all year you got to be ready for that that's the way yeah. i look at it so okay let's start with the pre-show go ahead russ all right so um i'm going to congratulate coach k for a minute. Um, don't ask me to pronounce his real last name. We all know him. Krzyzewski. Yeah. And he uh, he basically went on a little, had a little speech, sending it to the NCAA saying, hey, look, right now, um, and he quoted uh, COVID numbers and cases and deaths and everything else. And he goes, I get that the NCAA is plowing through it right now, mm-hmm. but when the next six weeks are going to be the worst six weeks, why in the world shouldn't we relook at this and take a step back? And he's right. We have to remember, if you want to say that about the NFL, they're going to do whatever they do, that's fine. These are grown adults. Right. The other are kids. He is coaching kids whose parents have sent them to school, even though they might be part of a program and got a, a scholarship. Right. I think there is still a duty to protect kids. And at the end of the day, I think what he's saying makes sense. There is no harm in pushing something back. Yes. Will the networks not love it? Sure. But at the end of the day, I do think you have to look out for the greater good of your student body. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I mean, you have to realize the motivation here is the NCAA tournament was canceled last year at the beginning of the pandemic. So they 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 desperately need to have that because that's their money maker for the year. They, right. don't, make, they don't make money on um regular games regular games in december and january they make their money on their conference tournaments and on the ncaa and and obviously what you could do and i've heard this proposed before i think there i'm not sure how many division one schools there are but i I think it's like 100 it's over 128 they could they could basically have a tournament where Every team in the NCAA that's Division One is in the tournament, and then they that's probably what they should do at this point, right? And then you know, basically, you put them in bubbles and you play and you play down. Now you're going to lose you're going to lose money in terms of fans and stands. And I know for a fact that NCAA tournament, you know, they make good money because I've been to a couple games when they've been in Buffalo. But still, you'd be able to fulfill your contract with CBS, and that that would be fine, right? I mean, those are your choices because it's clearly by March not going to be ready for fans or a lot of fans. Right. So I do think he's got a good point, and I do think they re- should relook at it. 
uh, a lot of hockey teams have taken off now for the holidays. Like, you know, Boston University just said, hey, see you after the holidays, meaning see you in the new year. And, and that's the right thing to do. I mean, again, you might have a schedule, you might have game schedule, but you have to look out for younger kids who are still growing and we don't know what it's going to do to them. And so, yeah, I thought this is a good move. And I do think the NCAA does need to put on the brakes a little bit. I do. Well, here's another, here's an interesting thing. Um, this weekend was supposed to be Ohio state and Michigan. Right now. I don't know what the status is so far, but I think it's TBD. Right. The indication yesterday was that the game was going to be canceled because Michigan had so many positives. Um, now I, I, you know, I don't follow college football, but apparently Michigan, Michigan's not having a very good year. Ohio State is in the top five, and the Big Ten came up with a rule that if uh, a team in the conference had not completed six games inside the conference, that they were not eligible for the Big Ten tournament or the Big Ten title. Ohio State's five and zero, and this is the last game of their the last game in their in the conference so right. by the rules that are currently set they would not qualify for the big 10 championship because they didn't play enough conference games but they would be in the top five that would eliminate them from being able to make the the the, the conference the, the, the college football you know, their, their playoff thing right unless the big 10 changes their rules they're screwing their own team out of a chance to win a national championship yeah i mean Again, those kinds of things are going to happen. But you, if you're the Big Ten, you can change that, I'm pretty sure. I don't sure. see why you – yeah, there, a lot of things are getting changed on the fly. So I don't see why not. And, and I'm with Funky. Like, I had heard the name Harbaugh being thrown around for the Jets. I don't want any part of him. None. He, what about what – about been, Hold on, hold on. But he's been so woefully bad at Michigan that I don't think just returning to the pros makes him any better. Yeah, he did, not, he did. He did do great at San, in San Francisco, though. Yes, but it doesn't matter. He also had other people around him that may have been the sure. answer. Him on his own, he seems like he's been exposed a bit. So, who who else were you going to ask about? Uh, the well, Keyshawn Johnson was uh, saying Bill Cower. Okay, so for one thing, Keyshawn Johnson is always a source of hot air. I think everybody should know that. Uh, he's always been good at that. He's been good at that since he's a player. Yeah. Uh, this Boomer Esiason talking to Bill Cowher saying, hey, he's ready to be a coach, except there's one thing, Boomer, unless you're chipping in to pay for this coach, the Jets are not going to pay a coach like $6 million, which is something like he, Bill Cowher would want for the Super Bowls he's won. Right, he wants like five or $6 million. The Jets got Adam Gase because he was only making a million a year. Right. Yes. And so the next one, they're probably willing to pay more, but they're not willing to pay Bill Cowher rate. So again, I don't even look at Bill Cower as an option unless all of a sudden he says, I'll just do it because I want to do it and I want to get back in the game. That's probably the only way he could be he could be the coach there. Why why do I get the why do I get the sneaking suspicion that the Jets are gonna go for uh you know funky said Doug Peterson after the Eagles no, fight? They won't. No, he, he's won a Super Bowl, so that immediately means he'll get at least make a couple. Moves. Why don't you know? Why wouldn't they not go for? They're probably going to go for the hot offensive coordinator. Like, I don't know if they're going to go for anybody. There's a scenario here. Remember, Adam oh Gase is the one who fired Greg Williams. Adam Gase has more power than Joe Douglas currently. He does, and so it's going to be up to ownership to fire Adam Gase to give Douglas that power back. Otherwise, Douglas isn't getting a choice here for coach. He's a player personnel guy right now. That He may be a GM, but it's going to be the same as the New York Mets having a GM with Sandy Alderson there. It's the same kind of deal. If Adam Gase is not fired, I think Trevor Lawrence will go back to school for another year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but again, I'm just saying it's not what I want, but yeah. I can't say it's impossible. Look how long Marvin Lewis held on to a job in Cincinnati without a without playoffs, right? How many years? What do you go, like nine years without playoffs? Something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But I'm just saying these weird aberrations happen, and this is the New York Jets we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Lagello, and this is Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. All right. Um, 
I think the indication that things are close in terms of us getting back to hockey being played and the chatter of January 13th and the 56-game schedule and all that stuff, that it's not hot air, is the fact that we had a signing yesterday and there are some rumors that have popped up. And hey. Nico Hishier said, bye, Sweden. I'll see you next time. I mean, if that means anything to was you. That was, was that where he was playing? Yeah. Okay. So he well, he wasn't playing in the SHL then. He must have been playing in a lower in a right. Lower. And he's coming back now. Okay. Yeah. It, um. Yeah. And some other players have been sneaky, sort of slipping back every every uh, couple days here. I know that the, the couple Leaf players uh, left uh, Finland uh, a couple weeks ago. So, but um, we'll start with the signing. Um, Philippe Myers, uh, Flyers defenseman, was an RFA. Uh, without arbitration, um, they got that deal done yesterday. It was a three-year deal with a AAV of two point five five million. Um, now Myers had a pretty good year last year. Had a really good playoff. Uh, teamed up with Travis Sanheim. Um, the 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 departure of Niskanen is probably going to make um, a shakeup on the on the blue line with the Flyers. Um, the, the contract was backloaded as almost every contract is. I think he's making almost four million in the in the last year of that deal. Um, but you saw Myers a lot last year, Russ. I mean, yeah. I don't think this is a bad price for three years for a defenseman. Oh, actually, so Vince was saying he wasn't he sure wasn't playing anywhere. He was just in Switzerland at home. Okay. I thought they had sent him. I remember them talking about sending him somewhere, but I guess yeah. he never was. It's hard to keep track. Right. Anyhow, um, yeah, this is a good signing. I can't tell you though that they're they're getting this price for a top pairing defenseman. I can't tell you that. Uh, he might get a look see as a top pairing defenseman, but I can't tell you that all of a sudden this is like the biggest bargain on earth because he's a top pairing defenseman. I think he's a top four defenseman. I think he's more likely a three or a four, but I do think this is a good signing because you you did get him at a reasonable rate. He has showed you he could play at the NHL level. He definitely has an upside to him, especially offensively. He's strong. He still has an issue with decision-making. And, the again, the, the loss of Matt Niskanen uh, is really big, and they haven't really plugged it. Just moving him up could solve the problem, but you're, you're rolling the dice on that. It's literally 50-50, and otherwise you're just going to try guys out in the organization. But I still think the Flyers are going to sign – somebody or bring in a PTO or something for a one-year guy that they think they could plug in there like when the Leafs did with Hainsey. I just feel that that's going to be the case, but it's going to come down to the wire because of the way things are going here. I do want to mention, um, so apparently yesterday ESPN put out a, uh, a list of divisions and left the Flyers off as if they weren't in hockey anymore. Now, look, we all make mistakes, right? Misspellings, we you know, you go on a show, you say the wrong thing. You're like, ah, I did screw that up. Right. Um, whatever we all, but this is pretty simple. All you have to do is count up the amount of teams, which is what I always do. If I do a preview, just to make sure I didn't leave out a team, right. you ESPN, you left a team off. Yeah. Like, they, come on. they had their East division with seven teams and only one, only one division has seven teams. Right. It's the Canadian. And I get it. This is probably not a hockey person who did it. I get it. But you still have to look on a page and add up the amount of teams. Yes. Um, now so we're asking ESPN. We're asking for the most basic of coverage out of you now, because nobody really goes to you for hockey anyhow. Right. But if we did, we would want that as the most basic of coverage. And look, they have some good writers. But unfortunately, it gets lost in all the ESPN noise. Yeah, but after the after the cuts, right now, I think they have like Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan. And that's about it. I mean, their hockey staff is not too big right now. No, I know, but I, I I think they're good writers. It's just oh yeah, they're great writers. But again, it's a problem because it gets mixed in with all the other stuff. Now M- Myers had 16 points in 50 games, three goals in the playoffs. He's not an offensive defenseman. He's not, but he's. No, he's, I mean, he, he has an offensive side, yeah, right? But he's I not mean, a super duper offensive defenseman. No, I mean, I think he's a probably a twenty-five point defenseman, which I think is he can go a little higher. I think he can go like 30, 35. I do. Right, which which is you know that's not anything to sneeze at, no. but the fact is he's right-handed. He's yep. six foot five, two ten. You know, he's 
you know, he's not overly tough, but I think he uses his size to his advantage. I think he'll get tougher, though. I've seen yes. a, a little turn on the corner there, but you're right. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, like I said, for a right-handed defenseman, a big right-handed defenseman who could Im improve his – or who could take a step up with his toughness, getting him at $2.5 million for three years, and then he's not arbitration eligible after the three years, so he's got a year until he's an unrestricted free agent. That's that's a pretty good deal for Chuck Fletcher. So it is. I, I think that's that was good. That was good work there. But and we'll talk about like uh, free agents who might be um, in line for PTOs or contracts. We're not going to play our game, but we're just going to look at what is still left out there. And I, I think depending on what the NHL does in terms of taxi squads and expanded rosters, that's going to um, be a big key as to what be a happens. Big, big key. There, you know, teams. You know, teams that normally would say, "Okay, we're up against it." Well, if the rules say you can add a couple players, and you, you know, don't want to uh, call up youngsters who you want to say play in, in the American Hockey League. You might be willing to have a veteran sitting around, like uh, James Patrick with the Sabers back in the day. He was the seventh defenseman, and he was he was okay sitting around. Then he then somebody got injured. He stepped in as the on the bottom pairing. He was there as a, a sort of a safety valve. I think that the depending on what the NHL does, you're going to have teams um, maybe go out and sign a guy if it doesn't have to count against the cap. But we'll, we'll talk about that. There's in a only so many players to go around though, and I think what we should talk about is one of these two leagues is either going to run severely diminished or not run at all between the ECHL and the AHL. I think it's a battle of that right now because I don't think there's going to be enough players in certain organizations to have two, um, to have full squads there. Yeah. And, and I think it's going to be a problem. And we saw a bunch of ECHL ones drop out. Yep. And you were talking about a Canadian division in that. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to mention yeah. right, right now. I mean, obviously we know from what we've heard over the last month or so that, in all likelihood, and Gary Bettman said something yesterday, uh, in in a in some <clears throat> in an interview that uh, you know more than likely it's going to be a seven-team Canadian division because of the border. Well, nobody thought about the ramifications that would have with the American Hockey League, and there are four Canadian AHL franchises: Manitoba, which is it plays in the in the MTS Center where the uh, the Jets play. Uh, the Marlies, who play uh, um, at uh, what used to be Rico Coliseum, now Coca-Cola Coliseum. Laval, which is outside of Montreal. And Belleville is the Senators team. Right. Okay, they're not going to be able to cross the border and play Rochester and Syracuse and Utica right. as they normally would. So they're talking about, and I don't know what the the length of the AHL season is going to be. I would assume it's probably going to be 40 to 50 games like the yeah, NHL. Yeah, I, I think that's all you're talking about. They're talking about having a four-team Canadian division in the AHL, so that means the Marlies will play Laval, Belleville, and uh, and Manitoba, you know, 12, 13 times. Yeah, it's they're going to really insane. hate each other by the end. <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane, and you know, like I said yesterday, you know, I was I was chatting with somebody um, regarding uh, the you know the Canadian division how the way it balances out to 56 games, it's going to be 10 games against two teams and nine games against the other four. And I said, this is going to be like the Adams, Smythe, Norris, and uh, Patrick divisions because they played inside their own division that many games. And he, and the person that I was chatting with said, yeah, these guys, these teams will absolutely hate each other at the end. And then Ray Ferraro was talking on the radio yesterday and he says, yeah, the one year we played the Canadians – eight times and then we played them in a seven game series in the in the second round so we played them 15 times in a year and after yeah. play, after playing Claude Lemieux and Brian Scrudland and Mike McPhee 15 times he wanted to kill them because they and Chelios the only thing that's going to keep these two leagues going or at least one of these two leagues going is the payment that we're hearing about now of course Teams do give a payment anyhow normally, but the NHL is now talking about making their up because they, they also give a payment each year to these leagues. Uh, but now we're talking about a much higher number. I don't think it'll be the 30 million like the NBA did, but they're going to have to do something because otherwise one of those two leagues is not going to be able to run without fans. Right. Well, not. 
I mean, the American Hockey League for sure is not going to be able to play without fans, but they're not going to get fans early on. And they're, you know, the parent teams may funnel money to them. But Brian Burke basically on, on the Hockey Central show today said what I said yesterday uh, when we were talking about the fact that all of a sudden the NHL just said, okay, we're going to stick with the CBA the way it was. Essentially, what he said is, eventually the the owners are going to get their fifth their fifty fifty breakdown because if it's thir- if it's less than thirty percent in terms of the, the the haircut that the players are taking in terms of deferment and and uh, and escrow, if the deficit this year because of fan no fans and because of um, you know the, you know uh, um, uh, advertising agreements and things of that nature is more than thirty percent, which is what they're expecting. Then there's going to be a deficit that the players are going to owe the owners, and it won't. They won't. They're ma- they're maxed out in how much they're getting from the players in terms of a break. So eventually, in terms of either hockey related revenue being paid back by them artificially keeping the cap down, the owners are going to get their money because it's contractually obligated in this CBA. So eventually, they're going to get it. The the, the what what the apparently the PA has been saying is we'll let people five or six years down the road pay for it and not right now. So it's like the veterans yeah. basically saying let the kids pay for it. We're not going to. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that's what's going to happen. I do think you just need to play at this point. Uh, you know, our initial gut feeling was sixty. Then we went down to forty-eight. Now there's a thought of fifty-six. Like we we just don't know. We don't. Yeah. If it happens after this call today and everything starts aligning, then I do think 56 is a possible number. And if you get 56, that's a pretty good number. I think for fans, for competitive reasons, for that Canadian division to really hash itself out, because if it's 48 in that Canadian division, you might have gotten a loopy result um, with the team. You might even have gotten a hot Ottawa, you know, make some damage there. But I think if you have to go 56 now, that makes it a little more challenging. So I'm hoping for that number. 56, the only imbalance would be in the Canadian division because it's seven teams. If it's it's 56 in the, in the American divisions, it's eight games, four home, four away. And that would mean basically if they're going to double up on these, on these uh, series, it could mean two, you know, like, two trips to, to, to Buffalo for the Bruins and all the other teams in that East division, or even one, they just play the four games in a row and that, and that they save on travel that, that way. I'm not, they, they haven't said whether they wanted just to do like two games in a row or four, or, you know, I, I'm not sure they, they they're basically going with the baseball model. So you would think that they would, if they really want to limit travel and limit costs, and it would be one flight to one place, and you play the four games in a row over, say, a week. Yeah, they're not going to do it that way. I don't. Think. I don't think they will because I think that I think the ratings would tank because if yes. you see Buffalo, Boston, two games in a row, that's fine because we see back to backs or you do need a little time in between to build right. up storylines and and everything else. Exactly. And by the way, the longer you stall, the better chance you have of getting maybe some fans that last month before the playoffs. There is always a chance of that. I think it's a long shot, but you know, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you who I think is going to have a really big advantage in this current setup, and that's the New York teams. Because if you think about it, okay, fifty six games. That means they're going to play. Okay, say if you're the Rangers, you're going to play twenty four games within a bus ride: New Jersey, the Islanders, and Philadelphia. So you're not going to be flying. And if there's days in between, you could actually return home and then drive in the day of. So yeah. they're they're not gonna, you know, whereas whereas the, like the teams in the Canadian division, okay, Montreal and Ottawa are fairly short flights, but you're gonna probably make multiple trips to Winnipeg, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. So the travel for the for that East Division, other than say Buffalo and Washington, depending on how they set this up, it's gonna be a big advantage for those New York teams. It is, but it could become a train league too. Because, like, if you're in New sure. York, New Jersey, Philly, and you're going to Washington, you take you could take the train. Same yeah. with you know, for all that, you could just do one return ticket because you know you're not staying in that city. Right. So they may do that. I, I, I actually think this could be an advantage for Henrik Lundqvist because now you're saying with an older goalie, he's going to be able to get back home 
He is not going to have to go through crazy travel. And he's going to you know, be playing a lot of the teams that he already knows. That could be a big edge for a guy like that in a new environment. So that's and, something. And, and you, I think what also may be an advantage for veteran goaltenders is the fact that if they're playing this schedule of a series, like with two games on back-to-back nights, say they play Friday, Saturday, Washington plays Philadelphia. There's no way that they're going to play Lundquist in both of those games. Right. So it's going to be Lundquist and it's going to be Samsonov. Yeah. So so the older goalies are not going to be expected. I mean, you know, say if, if you take a percentage of a goalie plays 60 games on an 82-game schedule, which is three-quarters of the season, if it's 56, then they would play, uh, let's see, 28. Uh, they would play the 49. No, no, it would be – 14, uh, uh, 42. Yeah. So um, I don't think there are going to be many goaltenders that are going to play 42 games. I no, think- I, I agree. There, there won't be. And if they happen to do a lot of training, uh, you know, taking the train, then it makes for better card games because you have longer to play. Uh, you don't have as long to play on these, on these flights, but there, there's a lot of stories that I was told over the years, like from the Rangers perspective, of guys playing cards in the back of the train. And I imagine that that would be a big thing again uh, if that happens because you got a little extra time to kill. Why not? Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about what Ak wrote about yesterday that uh, really expanded um, over the last 24 hours, and that was the rumors regarding the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, this is the situation right now. The, the, you know, Vegas is over the cap. I'm looking up on Cap Friendly right now to see how over the cap they are, but it's significant. And this is after obviously the signing of Alex Petrangelo. Um, they're at 82.4, and the cap is 81.5. So they're over the cap by less than a million dollars, but they really have no flexibility. And the main reason is because they're spending 12 million dollars on their goaltending with Flurry at seven and the re-signed yeah. Robin Leonard at five. Uh, but contributing to that also was the the signing of Alex Petrangelo. And I said this to you yesterday, Russ. If you look at the problems that they're in, and we'll talk about the rumors in a second, but if you look at the problems that they're in, and I was saying this with the Leafs. I was an advocate of the Leafs going out and acquiring Petrangelo. But the only way it made sense for the Leafs to do it is to clear the space by trading William Nylander because Nylander made a little under seven. And Petrangelo in Toronto probably would have been around what he's making, maybe a little more, probably around $9 So you could pay for most of it with Nylander by moving Nylander out. Okay. Uh, What Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee did is they didn't pay – uh, Petrangelo with the money vacated by Flurry because they couldn't move Flurry's contract. They traded Nate Schmidt and basically mm-hmm. gave Nate Schmidt away. Nate Schmidt was making five point four, I think it was. I, I you know something something. In that area. Really, I think it was it was definitely under six million. I'm looking it up right now. Maybe it's five nine. It was five nine five. So barely under six million. I gotta tell you, I just want to stop you for one sec. Yeah. I I don't know why, but. Just to my right, I've already seen the names of Jeff Finger and Patrick Stefan in the chat room. I don't know what's going on there. Go ahead. Yeah, they must be. They must be bored with me talking. Um, but uh, um, so so Schmidt is making a little under six. They signed Petrangelo for eight eight, so that's two point eight million. Now that's not a big amount, but when Flurry is making seven, mm-hmm. and you're trading and you're signing a guy for eight point eight, that's a million dollars. That's the million dollars that they're over right now. They should never sign Petrangelo unless they could have traded Flurry, and they couldn't yeah. trade Flurry, so they shouldn't have been in on this. Now we're hearing, and it was yeah, a number of people: Frank Cervelli from TSN, uh, um, David Pagnata, another another couple of people uh, were mentioning not only Pacioretty, but Jonathan Marcheseau and Flurry being on the block. Marcheseau is making five million. For four more years. Yeah, he's reached uh, his level of, well, he's just a really good player for that money. Like, he's reached that level. They they paid him top of the scale for him. Yeah, and, I mean, he had a he had a decent year last year. He had 22 goals, 47 points in six. But, but that's him. That's what he's going to be. Yeah, he's a 55 to 60 point uh, winger slash center. He can't play, really play center, but no. uh, 
Uh, he was he, in the past he had, but he's not really a center. But okay, so he's making five million for four more years. Pacioretty is making seven million for three more years, and you know this is a guy they traded Suzuki and they traded Tatar for, uh, and then signed to a contract. Last year he had thirty-two goals. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, thirty-two goals in seventy-one games, which is a very good year. So I mean, you know, he's he's still a very effective forward, but you know, right now they're they're in a, a situation where they need to have some flexibility, and I don't know where they get it. Well, I think with you know, honestly, I think they bungled the flurry situation because he's not in demand. He is coming off not his best year. He's older. He's making too much money in this in this market with, when teams don't have a lot of money. So nobody is going to call you and bail you out of Marc-Andre Fleury. Matter of fact, they're going to do the opposite now. Yeah. And they're all going to say, no, we're, we're set at goalie. We're good. And then maybe they're going to call you two, two times more. The Vegas Knights will call you and say, hey, um, we'll do this so you could take Fleury. Because that's what it's going to turn into. He is not in demand. Pacioretty is not going to get traded right now unless somebody is trading equal value or they're going to gain a million dollars on it and get a lesser player who's being overpaid somewhere. That trade's never going to happen. And he has um, no trade or no move or something, I'm pretty sure. Flurry? No, uh, Pacioretty. Uh, Pacioretty has a modified no trade. Right. So we don't even know what his list is yet. Yeah. So that makes it harder to trade him. Right. They're in trouble, and, and they should it. never have done that deal. And like you said, until they had more cap certainty, that you we can't blame this on COVID because everybody oh. knew coming into this free agency system season that there were going to still be problems this year with the NHL as to attendance and cap and everything else. So none of this should be a big surprise. They're they're a team now that is going to end up dumping another player. And it may not even be any of the ones you named. It may just be moving a player out. Like they may have just have to move another player out and take a draft pick back. It yeah, may, I mean, you know. I mean, it could, it could be somebody like Alex Tuck, who's twenty four, and you know he's making less than five million dollars. He's a big power forward. I mean, you'll I, get a player for Tuck, but then you have to kind of match up a lesser salary. That's all. Right. I mean, well, see, this this is the thing. It's like, and I was thinking about this in terms of Flurry, and, and more than likely, if I thought about it, then then I'm sure McCrimmon and other GMs have thought about this. If they're looking to save money uh, on on uh, on Flurry, you know, on Flurry by moving Flurry, they're probably not going to be able to save seven million. Right? No you know, just trade like trading. I mean, remember the Leafs traded. Patrick Marlowe, along with a first-round pick, and, and Marlowe was six and a quarter. But the reason that Carolina did it is because they were going to buy out uh, uh, Marlowe. Now, Marlowe, because he was a 35 and over contract, they took the full cap hit. So the, the, the going rate to take a contract like Flurry on is at least a first-round pick, and he's more than a year. It's two years. Right Now, now you could say – and it might be possible that Vegas trade Flurry to a place like Carolina, take back a Reimer or a um, a Morazic, who are making about half of what uh, Flurry is. Throw in the first round pick, and you know you've got cap relief in three, you know the three three five range, and that and might why hasn't Don, Don Wendell done that already? Right, exactly. And now the thing is that what what Don Wendell was probably under the situation is is that Dundon doesn't want to spend seven million dollars on a thirty seven or thirty eight year old goaltender next year when he's right. got two expiring contracts. I'll give you I'll give you a perfect deal too, but I also think that team does not want to spend any more money. You could trade him to Columbus with a first and get Corpusalo back, and everybody would be happy. But the problem is, figuring the cap is going to be the same next year. Columbus isn't going to spend to the cap either, right? And if they're going to spend, if they're going to spend money right now, they're going to spend money on Dubois, who hasn't been signed yet. Right. And that, and so, that's, and that's the problem you're going to have with a lot of teams. And that's the thing right now. What we're going to see 
over the next, I would say, week to 10 days based on if the board of governors and the PA executive board vote approval to the, you yeah. know, start the season, you know, because they're, what they're going to approve is, you know, protocols to play, things of that nature, the schedule, you know, what, you know, what, what the, the particulars, you know, they're not going to go into bubbles, at least not unless that's the last option, but the, the, that's what's going to be voted on. Um, but once that's done, you're probably going to see a slew of restricted free agents sign. Right, I'm going to give you a scenario now, which okay. would, if it happened, would make me laugh. What okay. if there, you know, the, um, the Knights barely get out of cap situation and couldn't move any of those guys. We find out at the end of this season that the cap will be the same next season. And George McPhee now, has to do the opposite of what he used to do and trade Flurry and Alex Tuck just to get the um, Seattle to take those guys to take Flurry. Oh, well, they're not oh, part of that. Could happen. Yes, no, but but the funny thing is, is and Vegas would like to be part of it, but apparently they're not part of the expansion draft. They're not. Oh, they're not. No, oh, I didn't know that. No, they don't have to. They don't have to give up a player. Oh, I didn't know that because so, see, that's weird though. Like you're a team in the league at this point, right? But they're an expansion team. So I that, know. But, so an expansion team could win a Stanley Cup, but you don't have to give up a player in the expansion well, draft. That's crazy. Well, I guess what they're saying is, is that the depth of the organization isn't firmly established because they've only been in existence for three years. But yeah, if you ask George Mc, George McPhee and 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 Kelly McCrimmon, they'd want to be part of this expansion draft. I think they, they would. Yes. Yeah. So they may have to trade because I just looked at they their. They could uh, make a trade with Seattle. Oh yeah. yeah. They could they could give Seattle a second round pick to take somebody. Right. And they which, might do that. Which would be ironic because that's what the Florida and Minnesota. They may lose some of their. Yeah, I, I think it could happen. Um, so uh, the restricted free agents, like I said, uh, Myers signed yesterday. Right. You will probably see these names. I would say click off within the next week to ten days. And we met, we talked about this earlier, uh, but Casey Middlestat with the Sabers. He's, it's probably not going to – I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but, I, and you know, maybe it's a dispute over the fact that, you know, whether Middlestad is going to be uh, playing in the American League or he's going to get an opportunity to play uh, at the NHL level. You know, he started to play well in the AHL before the pause, but, you know, there was definitely, like, a want for a reset there because he just didn't play very well over two seasons. But Dubois, Roslovic. Matt Barzell still has not been signed. Dylan Strom, uh, let's see here. Shillington with Calgary, he's probably going to be in the top six. Sorelli, obviously. Uh, Vince Dunn with St. Louis. Um, Eric Cernak and Mackenzie Blackwood. Those are that's the that's I the think all of them will get signed easily, except for Barzell, because now that the Islanders have extra money, yes. you would have thought this signing would have been done, but now. Since it's still dragged on for what is that two weeks ago? Yeah, something tells me that he's wanting more than what the Islanders still want to give him. And tying in what you had said in our little chat about yeah, like Thomas says, Barzell will sign. Yes, he will sign, but he may end up signing a bridge deal, which would be bad. Right, especially when they have the cap space to sign him to a long-term extension. Yeah. Remember. He's four years away from being an unrestricted free agent. So if you sign him to a six-year six year deal, you're buying out two unrestricted years. Right. They're not going to give you those years in terms of, you know, on a bargain. They're going to want to be paid at a level that they would get in unrestricted free agency if they were hitting the market after, after year seven. So he's probably in those years wanting to get paid $10, million, and Lou doesn't want to do that. Yeah, I could see Barzell coming in um, on a bridge, and then they and I'm, this time I'm going to use it correctly. They're going to sign Matt Martin and because I said Matt Martin yesterday, and Corey Schneider and Andy Green and Andy Green, both of those guys. I right. could see that happening. And if I'm an Islander fan, that is not what I want. Don't be happy to just see Barzell return on a bridge yeah. because the future looks murkier if you do that. Yeah, I think the 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 two touchstones of that list um are Sorelli and Barzel because Sorelli right. obviously with he has to wait yeah Sorelli has to wait and I, like I said I, and I you know I could be wrong because I'm I 
Sorelli should be paid. He should yeah. he should get the long term deal, but they just simply can't right now. And it might be, like I said, a Kevin LeBanc situation where Brisebois goes to him and says, "You know, I got you. I'll give you this contract. It's in my drawer. You're getting it next year, but I can't pay you that right now. So I'll pay you a million this year, and then." give you a slight overpayment going down the road. Right. Now, you know, Thomas says, you know, hey, they could save a million by sending Lad to Bridgeport. Right. I'm not sure it's a million. Yeah, uh, 1.025 million. No matter what, no matter how many games? Yeah, if he if he gets if if they send him down, if they put him on waivers and send him down to the American Hockey League, the the, the limit in terms of burying a contract is a little over a million. Okay, so it doesn't matter how many games if it's not a full season or anything like that. No. Uh, unless the NHL is changing their, changing yeah, I, we, their I need to look at that because, yeah, or or if there's going to be a change this year because you think they would have done it already, but clearly the AHL is not going to have a full season, so maybe the NHL is not going to give them a full million dollars. And and if depending they on have half the amount, right? They may only get half a million. Well, depend well possibly, but depending yeah. on what if they're going to prorate, I, I just say they're not going to prorate the salary, so I don't, I can't imagine that they're going to prorate the discounts. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're not proving the pro, – like, okay, sir, for example, a player is getting a million dollars, but he's not getting a million dollars because of retention, because of deferment, and because of escrow. But against the cap, it counts as a million. He's why not do it already? Why are they waiting? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the next thing to be announced. But, I mean – what That's what I'm saying. There may be something that we don't know yet. Yeah, what, what, also, what also could happen is if they have this taxi squad – and what they're saying is, is the taxi squad might be paid at American League money. Yeah, then they could put him on that. They may not send him down to Bridgeport. Right. He may, you know, he's he's one of the taxi squad, so he's making a prorated amount of, you know, four point five million, and he they take a million off the cap, and he but he doesn't get sent down. He doesn't get put on waivers. We see that's another thing. We don't know what the we don't know what the rules or waivers are going to be right now. If you no, we don't know what rules or waivers are. And honestly, not to say cap friendly could be wrong, but like right now they've got the Islanders with you know about four million in cap space, but they could end up having less if they. Again, we don't know how they're going to determine. Again, the cap number changes like daily, right? Right. We don't know if they're going to have like a different cap rate this year based on the fact that they're not having a full season. Well, I mean, the one thing about cap friendly right now, they have Boychuk listed as injured reserve. He's going to be on LTI. Okay, he'll be on LTR. So that's the other money. Cause I was like, why isn't this right? But the only, but the only way that they get the full 6 million is if they go right up to the cap. Like if they go right up to 81.5 and then they put Boychuk on LTIR and then they get the full six million. If they say say they sign those three guys for seven hundred thousand dollars a year, so that's two point one million. And right now they have a little under four uh, in terms of cap space. So two point one million subtract that it's a, like a million nine. They would only get four million dollars in cap relief from Boychuk because they were still a million nine under the cap. That's what the Leafs do. That's what other teams do when it comes to LTIR. They have to push you right to the edge so they get the full discount. Okay. Of, of LTIR. So now this could be an issue. So according to Forbes, the Islanders lost the most money, uh, thirty nine million dollars last this last season. Right. They're still valued 16th in the league, but they lost the most money. Um, they, Ledecky may have to be convinced to spend to the cap, like you were talking about, to get the full of, amount of the Boychuk thing. Otherwise, yeah, then you're definitely seeing Barzell coming in on a bridge deal. And, and, and then, you know, the ownership, the ownership of the Islanders may want him on a bridge deal for one simple reason. By the time the bridge deal is over with, they'll be in the new building with the revenue from the new building and they right, won't you're still it. hoping he doesn't want to be a free agent like right. you're hoping right this this could be John Tavares part two and I know Good. I know I know my my friends who are Islander fans and I really don't have any Joe Morello wherever he is now um but you're going down the same road you're alienating this guy by not paying him what he's worth yeah I just I think with the amount of money they lost it's going to be a tough sell to get them to spend too fully to the cap. I mean, with 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 Tavares, remember, it was as much 
organizational incompetence and instability based on the building and you know what, what thing you know what was going on with the organization the general manager the ownership it was all those were contributing factors to him leaving well now the ownership is a little more solidified you've got Lou there you've got uh, Barry Trotz there. It's a lot calmer of a situation, but if you don't pay the guy, the guy's going to leave. Yeah. I mean, basically they have until Christmas probably to sign him to a long-term deal. Otherwise he's coming in our bridge. And then depending on how much they're going to save and spend, maybe Green and Martin and Snyder don't all get signed. Yeah. Now, okay. Here, here, here's a list of, and these were, I'm, I'm taking from Cat Friendly here. Uh, we'll just go over, like, say, the top 20 list yep. here um, of player, And we're not going to say, you know, whether, we're just going to say, will they be in a camp uh, when camps open? I think it's going to be after New Year's, uh, probably a two-week camp, and then the season starts January 13th. Uh, Corey Schneider, we, we just said he's probably going to get signed to a one-year deal by New Jersey. Uh, Michael Granlin, we've heard his name uh, be out there. Um, in terms of rumors, I think he's going to get a contract from somebody. Uh, same with Mike Hoffman, Andy Green, mm -hmm. uh, Sa Sammy Vatanen. I, I think he's going to get a multi-year deal, but maybe he wants a one-year deal because he wants to go out in a more normal free agent market. I don't know if he wants a one-year deal. He was already low paid with the Devils. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when's the last time he's made good money? Well, he made the, his last contract. I mean, I know it was split up after New, by by New Jersey to retain salary to move him, but um, he was making over four from Anaheim when he got traded to the Devils. If he's going to sign one year, he wants more than four. Right. That's going to be too much for some teams because he's the best defenseman on this market. Right. But and, that's going to be too much for some teams, don't you agree? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there are many teams out there that can afford him, and the teams that can afford him are teams that are not you know, probably contending for a playoff spot like Detroit and Ottawa, New Jersey. Uh, Esmir in the chat was saying, would he go back to Europe? No, no, he's, no, I don't he's going to make, he's going to make more money here. Even if he gets a one-year deal, right? He'll take a one-year deal if he has to, but I think he's probably holding out hope for a two-year deal. And, and maybe that'll be from a team that does one of these roster moves. Yeah. Um, once they know about the season and everything else, and maybe they figure out uh, the rules of this season, because I think, we're all just assuming that everything they signed in that CBA is is what there what there is, but they could be negotiating slight changes um, right now, and if, so that's I think that is what's holding everything up. And if say for example we're right in, in the sense that these expanded rosters that the you know say it's three players a forward a defenseman and a goaltender that'll be on a taxi squad, and that they don't count against the cap. So, okay, that means that you could slip a million-dollar defenseman who's your seventh guy onto the taxi squad, and that opens up a million dollars on the cap. So and then maybe the, you can get Vatanen. And then maybe you can get Vatanen or or somebody else to take I a mean, one. Tampa would like to do that just to be equal on the cap. Right. I mean, exactly. That's I mean, the they, other thing. I mean, let's talk about that for just a second here. Uh, we're not in the summer. But I would have to imagine a week after they announce when the season's starting, the summer cap is over and Tampa's going to have to do something, right? I mean, right. they're not going to be able to stay over for much longer. Well, these, well, as it was last year, the season started on Wednesday. I think they had to be cap compliant on the Monday before the season. Right, but that was also like an emergency situation, that whole, the way that season was. Do you really think they're going to let them? Because normally in a normal season, you don't get that long. I think you no, no, no. I, what I'm saying is, I think they won't have to be cap compliant until say January 11th. Okay, if, if you think they'll let them run that long, okay. Well, but they, but they, they I mean, might. You might be right. Yeah, I think that I think they sort of have to because I mean, you know, teams are going to be scrambling. Um, okay, let's see here. Well, Craig Anderson is interesting because I, I don't, I don't know if he goes to a training camp as on a PTO. I no, he, he won't, won't do it. I don't think it's worth it for him. Yeah, I, you know, especially with and. I have to bring this up. His wife is a recover is a uh, recovering from cancer. Right. He, you know, somebody with pre-existing conditions. He may not want to continue his career simply because 
he might not be able, you know, if, if God forbid somebody on his team gets COVID and he gets COVID, then he'd be exposing his wife and she'd be more right situation, more of a vulnerable situation. So he may, I think he may be done. He may be a, 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 a cat, a, a COVID casualty because of that. He could be. Uh, Carl Soderberg. I think somebody will invite him. He had too good of a year. He had 17 goals last year, but I'm not sure exactly where he I do think he gets looked at as being soft, though. Now, somebody will invite him in, but I don't know if he's getting a contract. Right, and he he according to this, he has not played anywhere in Europe, so he's been, you know, I think his, you know, if he was playing in a lower division in, in Sweden or playing in Switzerland yeah. and, and, you know, stepping in um, fully in shape and fully up to speed, that probably would have been attractive to some other teams, but he, he isn't. So he must be waiting around here for a, a one-year contract. Um, Carl Alsner. I don't know if he's anybody wants him. Yeah, I mean. The only chance he has is being signed as an extra player, like to the taxi squad. I was going to say, could could you see could you see Washington signing him on a one-year yeah. yeah, because, yeah. again, if they're going to try and plow through – um, some of the worst parts of COVID, then you might need a Carl Osner on the taxi squad to call up for a certain amount of games. Uh, Michael Froelich, I think Ak mentioned his name with a couple teams. I think he'll at least get a PTO offer. Um, <clears throat> John has, I know you don't like the name. Has Alan Walsh ever let one of his guys on a PTO? I don't know. Um, I don't know, but if, uh, if, um, the availability of his players was reflective of the uh, personality of the agent. They would never, ever get a job. Um, Jonathan Erickson, I think is done. I, I think I am pretty sure he's that he, he was playing on one leg. Yeah. I think he only played 18 games last year. I actually, I think he got, uh, I think he's got a job uh, with the Red Wings in their uh, scouting department. I remember hearing something about that. Maybe that was, maybe that was uh, uh, Nicholas Cronvall, but I, I know that, you know, he was a UFA, so I'm gonna say to Cam, I'll answer the question you're asking of me at the end of the show. Okay. Uh Justin Abdulkader. Um I think somebody would give him a PTO, but 33 slowing down and based on the fact that he uh only had three assists in 49 games. Oh, that's right. Funky's right. That was Cronwell with the one leg, but Erickson is old. Right, but and Funky, am I right that it was Cronval who got a job in the in the Wings organization as a like a uh, something in their scouting department or something in uh, like an assistant to the general manager? Because I'm pretty sure he did, but I wasn't sure about Erickson. Um, Abdulkader might get an invitation from somebody, but I don't know if there's enough there. Jimmy Howard, I don't think there's enough there with Abdulkader. Jimmy Howard, I think Jimmy Howard is going to have to wait to see if there's injuries. Okay. Or if a team feels like they need a third because all of a sudden one of their guys bows out because of COVID or bows out because they don't want to play this season right. because of COVID. Because I do think, if you think about it, the position most likely to bow out because of COVID are probably goalies because there's not enough goalie jobs to go around. Right, but what might be going on here is if teams are able to carry three goalies – and like for example, if if this taxi squad situation happens and it's one forward, one defenseman, one goaltender. Okay, say if, for example, a team like the Leafs, they'll carry Anderson and 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 Campbell as their star as their two, and then Aaron Dell would be their third on the taxi squad. Now we don't know what the rules are going to be in terms of these players may be made available. Like right. can they be called up? Uh, do they have to go through waivers? Why don't we be able to call them up for a period of time? Like we right. just don't know. Now that could be, you know, it could be like it could be like Major League Baseball where they give them an extra reliever for the double header, right? Where if there's three games and three nights, then they yeah, can you get a player for that road trip right. or that game, and then they go back. Because in a three game series, if you're if you're playing a three game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Toronto's in Vancouver, and you're playing, and you you play them nine times, and you have to play a three game series, and you're playing three games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, you could play Freddie Anderson in games one and three, but it's possible you'd want to uh, you'd play Anderson, Campbell, and Dell. So right. I'm going to give you an example where I'm not sure Howard will be a taxi guy. Again, let's say one of the two leagues, ECHL, AHL, doesn't go. You're going to have three goalies there 
that you're trying to find some sort of work for. And are you going to sign another goalie and say to one of your goalies in your organization, they're just going to have to sit this year because of Jimmy Howard? Probably not. Yeah, no, I'll just, I'll just re- uh, read off a bunch of names here that, that guys who I think will get invited or signed. Hamannick, definitely. Yeah, he, he's he, getting signed. He'll get signed quickly, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he's be out west probably. That's probably the thing about it. Yeah, could, you know, Vancouver could make Vancouver sense. seems a likely spot for him. Yeah, uh, Hainsey possibly. He's 39, though. One. I'm not sure about Hainsey yet. Uh, Grabner. Grabner will get signed by somebody cheaply. Uh, Connor Sheary, I can see Pittsburgh. Sheary's going to get signed. Athena CU. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Halla. See, Athena CU, even though he has talent because he burned some bridges previously and then didn't back it up with the offense, he could find himself on the outside of the league this year. It wouldn't shock me. He might have to wait until there's an injury and then somebody yeah. needs somebody. Uh, Halla, Colin Wilson. Colin will, Halla will get a job. Wilson's another one. That's He may have reached his exp- expiration point. Uh, Melker Carlson. Somebody will want him. He He's always useful, but he may he may be an invite. He may be a guy that has to find a spot. One thing, one thing we'll probably find out fairly soon is the re, the final resolution of the Zdeno Chara situation because we, I don't know. Well, he could wait. He could do a Matt Sundin and wait halfway through the the year. He um, could. Uh, Anthony Duclair, Corey Perry. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, Duclair's there's going to get a job with somebody. I think he's he going back to Dallas and potential goal scoring now. So yeah, Dallas would make sense. And who yeah. was Anthony Duclair? Sorry. Uh, let's see, Duclair, Perry, Drake Kajula. Yeah, Perry's going to get a job. Drake Kajula should because he could penalty kill. He could do a few other things. Yeah. He's not I – mean, obviously, he's a fourth-line guy, but you're going to need some fourth-line guys. But, again, unless they find out that the AHL season is so amended that you're going to let some of those players be on your team until you – call them down to the AHL because they'll be on a taxi squad, right? So, like, I don't know. Well, and we'll answer a couple questions, but do, why don't you start with the one, the, the Jets question. Yeah, so, so Cam was just asking, did the Jets throw that game legitimately? Because I know it, it appeared like they did, except uh, Greg Williams ran that same play when he was with the Browns, and it was successful, and the Browns got a sack out of it and ended the game. So he figured – yeah, why not? That's why I call it the FU defense because he doesn't care to hear about the criticism why you shouldn't do it. He is just going to do it if he's in charge. So that's that. Now, um, are they trying to tank? Yeah, I think to some degree the organization is, and that's why Douglas didn't spend a lot of money this year because he could have bought a lot of guys on a one-year deal and not hurt his cap space, but he didn't do that. So I think he had in mind to tank. The players clearly don't. Uh, Gase doesn't because he – you know, he could lose his job, although he is the one who fired Greg Williams, so he has more power than than that. And so Douglas, I don't even think, can fire Gase at this point. I think only ownership can. And so, yeah, there's a potential that Trevor Lawrence may not want to play there. That's and, I, I realize that. And we know Woody Johnson's coming back from his uh, – Yes, he'll be back from the outpost in England yeah. and maybe take over for his brother Chris – and maybe change things there again. But again, things weren't exactly fantastic under Woody either. They were just slightly better. No, but he could say he's not my coach. Or you you hired right. him so I can I can go in and clean house. Right. Uh, Adam in the chat asked why Buffalo has not jumped on Craig Anderson. I don't know. Well, okay. I think Buffalo should have jumped on one of these goaltenders because their yep. goaltending next year is Allmark and Carter Hutton. And Omar will probably be the guy who's the number one and play the most games. But Seems like they're all in on him now, doesn't it? Yeah, until Pekalukin and uh, until right. But I mean, this year yes. they're all yes. in. Yes. They're all they're all in on him. But see, this is the thing. Um, their stance right now is we're going for the playoffs, and because they otherwise they wouldn't sign Taylor Hall for a year at eight million dollars. So okay. If that's your stance, is Carter Hutton and Allmark playoff goaltending? Not by a long shot. No, but I mean, look, the one thing we could say is Allmark has some talent. Yes. We always felt like he had some talent. I, I like. Appreci- 
I appreciated him because he bitched about the the, the, the ice in Rochester. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, we'll see if if he has a career year. Then yes, they can make the playoffs with the changes they made. If he is just not, if he's NHL average, and then you're hoping for Hutton to win those other games, that's a big hope, man. Okay, uh, Thomas and uh, somebody else in the chat were asking about uh, Otto. Is it Kavula or Koivula? Or Koivula, yeah. Koivula, thank you. I, you know, it's a great question, Thomas. I thought last year he was really close to making it. Now I think he's going to be a taxi squad guy. Something about Trotz doesn't seem to mesh with him. And it's a shame because I, I thought two years ago he was looking pretty good. I don't think he's in the immediate plans, just like Kiefer Bellows now yeah. with everything that's transpired may not be in the immediate plans. That was the, that was the name I was going to, I was going to mention. It's like, cause yeah. Kiefer Bellows, I mean, put up some good stats in the American hockey league, but you know, if he's not, a, that's the thing with Barry Trotz. If you're not a fully rounded player, if you're not a well, guy who plays he's play. probably didn't help him with Lou. No, no. And obviously the uh, Hosang situation. Yeah. You know, that that's self-explanatory. So anyway, all right. Uh, good show. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Lichello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.